Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Sane Show, show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have another special guest. She's been on the show before and it's been quite some time. Good friend of mine, Broadway television and film actress. She's been featured in Cruel Summer, Homeland, Tony-nominated play The Crucible on Broadway and many other productions. Ashley Sharp Chestnut. Hey. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm so <laughs> glad to have you back on the show. This is long overdue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of years, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And I know a lot of things have happened for both you and myself <laughs> over those last few years. So I'm excited to have you back on uh, to talk about the things that we're going to talk about and you know, get to also learn about some of the things that you have going on as well. Yeah, I'm excited. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all the listeners in all 60 plus countries. Thank you guys. I love you guys. Thank you guys for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about Sane Show. And thank you guys who are following us on social media as well. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. That's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook. That's Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, that's Sane Show. So today we're going to have a conversation about from the stage to television. And then following that, we're going to talk about black creatives paving the way. And then we're going to have our interview with Ashley. So for those of you that aren't familiar with her, you get to learn about who she is and the things that she does. And then for those of you that are familiar with her, we get to catch up with her and see what she has going on since she's last been on Sane Show. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic from the stage to television. Let's do it. So you've made the transition from the stage, you know, have, again, having been in uh, the crucible on Broadway and, you know, now landing more roles on television productions and having done it, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, the difference between the two. And, and obviously there's those obvious differences, right? When we mm-hmm. talk about Broadway and television, you know, cameras and things of that nature, but you know, the actual environment itself, again, you being an actress and having done both and, you know, the behind the scenes and all of that kind of stuff, really, you know, really want to hear from you as far as the, the difference, again, from from the stage to television. Yeah, sure. I think from, you know, the stage perspective, you have a different audience every night, right? You have hundreds of people in the audience who will never be in the same room ever again. And you're feeding off of this well, their energy. And I think that really gives you a different performance each night. With television, I mean, you kind of have an audience with the crew, but you definitely have a more more takes to do in a single day. But at the same time, you have those many takes, but you once you move on, like the next day, you can't really go back and, and retake and refilm those things versus with Broadway or stage or, you know, any theater, you kind of have a new night every night to do something different or you know, to really feed off of the audience again, a new audience. You know, that's really interesting when you talk about, you know, Broadway and the, and the theater side of it. It makes me think about touring mm-hmm. with live music. Oh, and, yeah. And I think about, like, for example, um, Beyonce, right, goes on tours. Oh, and love Beyonce. She pretty much has the same <laughs> thing <laughs> that she's going to do, right, the, 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 or at least the plan, mm-hmm. right, going to perform these songs, we have these dances coordinated and everything. 
But you sometimes hear, like, from city to city, one show may be, may have been better than the other. Well, I'm going to say, well, with Beyonce, you know, having seen her live several times, <laughs> I'm going to say that one show was better than the other. But I will say, like, her costumes may change. Her hair right. may change. But, yeah, she's giving her all 100% of the time, honey. Right, right. So I, I just think about that, though, when you talk about, you know, the be doing the same play as far right. as Broadway, right? One night being like it's not exactly the same, basically. And yeah. so that's interesting. So, w- would you go to say that? Because I I would think that each has their own challenges, and if that is the case, what are those? Oh, I burnout. I mean, I think with Broadway specifically, you you're doing eight shows a week, so you have mm. two shows on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And your and your day off is on Mondays, so you. <laughs> and when you're doing the same play or the same musical or like you said, even with music, you know you're doing that almost every day for months on end. You have to find new ways to keep you excited and to keep your energy up, so that the audience that you're performing in front of, who's never seen what you're doing, so they can still be excited. But I think you know a challenge here is is burnout and and not getting sick of what you're doing. Would you go to say that on the television side of it, does it make a big difference not having an audience? Um, I think, uh, well, okay. I mean, again, with what you, your crew kind of is your audience, but sometimes mm-hmm. they do, I think they're not as interactive as a paying audience is. So like, you're not really getting as many laughs as you possibly would. Whether people like for TV, you know, people like are at home watching your things and they're cracking up, but like you can't hear it because you've already filmed it months in advance. <laughs> but like, I, I don't want to say because because the crew and you know the director, like these are all they're still participants watching on. But it is different with stage. There is a level of familiarity that you're like the bond that you're creating with the paying audience members. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that when we talk about television, then it makes the role of the director that much more critical In what because way? especially when you start talking about multiple takes and I know before on the show, I've had a conversation with somebody about directors, right? What, what makes a good director or what are some qualities of a good director? I think was a conversation that we had and even just doing my research on directors, like just how their, I guess like their whole thing, bringing bringing life to what's on the script when it's being put on the screen. And just thinking about that conversation I had with that guest and now, you know, fast forward having this conversation that we're now having, I get the feeling almost like as if, I don't, I don't want to say the director is the audience, but I guess with some directors who are very good at what they do as far as executing, that is a, a very critical role because you don't have an audience there mm-hmm. to to react or, or in, in real time <laughs> to the the work that you're putting on display so you know not and not just the, not don't want to put it all on a director but everybody else as well like they that's why it's like super i guess like uh, again super critical when we talk about television I, I what are your thoughts around that no i agree i think the director has a huge job i think at the end of the day after you filmed I don't know how many scenes and the directors in the booth editing it, they are kind of the mastermind at the end of the day who puts all of these different departments on set into one film or TV show, an episode, whatever, what have you. 
but I, I think their vision really creates this space for us actors to give a certain performance that kind of ties in the end that that's kind of cohesive to everything, if that makes sense. How would you describe your experience as far as working with a director on set? Like just um, in general, like what is it like? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's different for each person, but mm-hmm. I think, or not each person, but each, um, well, yeah, no, each different director and each set. Cause it also depends on the genre, right? I mean, if you're doing a drama, well, no, well, no. Cause I think at the end of the day, the director, I actually want to talk about his personal experience. So I just finished. So the <laughs> national parks, <laughs> I'm all over the place. So Anthony Hemingway, I just finished working with him on National Parks, a pilot we did for ABC. And he was so awesome. Like he's really an actor's director, an advocate for actors, even behind the scenes, working with like different departments and being able to fully communicate with the actors. I think communication is a big thing on set. So when directors are able to communicate their thoughts clearly, concisely uh, to the point where you know, it's, it's easier to give a performance. I think that's when you kind of score big with, with directing and directors. I think of it like a coach almost. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Because they, yeah, they, they have to lead, yeah. right? I, yeah. And this really, so I just, for the first time, I've seen the movie so uh, for Entourage, but I'm now finally watching the series. Oh, the and... HBO show. Yeah, and so I'm just, like just watching the show and just kind of, I mean, obviously it's 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 loosely based on Hollywood, right? The reality of Hollywood, but it's still cool because you still get to get some of that insight, and so that's and especially like seeing you know some of the because like, the main character Vincent Chase work is an actor and his relationship with the different directors and things like that is really cool to see that and really see what a director does. This is more than just saying action and cut <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a lot more in between <laughs> right but that's what we know and see most of the time <laughs> yeah. yeah or like yell or like constant yelling or that thing right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. 
you know, all of the small, all the people that we don't hear about, because I know some producers who are doing some really awesome things and producing some really dope productions and creating opportunities for those in their immediate community. So, you know, shout out to all of those people because, like, yeah, so it's, just re- it's really exciting, though, to see what the Black creators are really doing in Hollywood. And I think, I think you and I had a conversation about this when we last spoke, and to see, like, what's happening, even, heck, Jordan Peele, you mm-hmm. know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. The list goes on. And you're an actress. You're in the, the business. How does it feel for you? I'm excited. I mean, I, I know I've said that before, but mm-hmm. I think in the past two years, like since we, we've last had the conversation about it on here, I mean, mic drop. Okay, so I'm about to like give some new news. But like with Issa Rae, for example, who's my new boss, uh, dun, dun, dun. So I just booked her a new show. And I'll be on that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So for the, for the audience members, Clifford did not know this. Uh, I'm now sharing this. So the new show that we're working on, I fly out for um, next week. And just knowing that Issa's like, she's my new boss. And the things that she's already, has already, cre- have, oh God, I'm stuttering. Things that she's created thus far and what she's continuing to do, even outside of television, um, like her, she has like new music endeavors and like her producing of other things as well. I think with her career just b- continuing to blossom, as well as like Michaela Cole, you know, with her show, um, well, shows plural, like I May Destroy You and then Chewing Gum was years ago as well. I'm just so thrilled. And, and the fact that they are black women paving a way, I mean, they're paving a way for me to be here. I mean, I stand on not only their shoulders, but every woman who's come before them as well. I just feel like this is this new wave of representation is is really great. It really is. Can we go off script for a second? I just What's want to up? talk about how good she looked in her wedding photos. <laughs> oh, my God. This doesn't have to go off script. Are you kidding me? The people need to know. Issa Rae is fine. Okay? Stunning. Yeah, she has one of the most beautiful smiles I've ever seen. Like, I'm, exactly. I'm just like, wow. Keep this in here. You better not edit this out. Issa no, Rae is I, it, No, it's going to stay on here. And, too, <laughs> while, while we're talking about it, I kind of had a guess that this uh, was – that she was the person – but I I wasn't <laughs> too sure of myself, so I didn't I didn't take a stab at it when we <laughs> talked about this show <laughs> leading up to the recording. But yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is dude. too funny. What a coincidence! <laughs> Go with your gut, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes, it's it's an exciting. It's really it's a really exciting time, even. Like, okay, don't judge me, but I, I just signed up for HBO Max like two months ago. Oh, nice. So I'm finally uh, getting a chance to watch Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. Yes. So, and I'm hoping HBO finds it in their heart to reverse the decision to not have a season two for the show. But that's another conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, like you said, right, this is a really exciting time really really exciting time and and a lot for everybody to look forward to I mean heck because that's what ultimately I would like to be able to do I would do and doing everything that I do I want to get in a position to help the 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 next person you know do something and inspire other people and and show that yes we can 
put out awesome content. I mean, we've been doing that, but to be in the in a director chair, to be the producers, right, to start the networks and build the studios and things of that Decision makers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that is so that's so cool. It's all right. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I just, we'll, I'm, I, I'm hoping we'll learn more about that in the interview, right? Oh yeah, you will for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yes, again, that just, all of that just speaks to what's happening in the industry and all of the awesome, awesome black creators, those that we're very familiar with and those that we don't know about. And I'm even also thinking about the, the, the people on Instagram or all the social sites, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, the people that are, that are making waves. Mm-hmm. and really utilizing those platforms. You know, I really have to give kudos to them because they're really taking and doing their thing, right? And yeah. I don't want to say, like, they're anti-Hollywood or anything, but the fact that they're, in a sense, operating outside of the industry, in, those, mm-hmm. in a sense, and using the social platforms to create their own opportunities and produce their own content and build their own following and have massive success is really great to see. I, I don't know if you're familiar with like Country Wayne, uh-uh. somebody I've been following for the last few years, and just to watch him grow. I got to, I first noticed him on like Facebook, and to to see him. You know, oh, I just Instagram. googled him. Yes. Yeah, and he yeah. just took off. What's another oh, wow. one? Mark Phillip, RDC World. They do the anime videos, and he does like the LeBron James impersonations. And I know <laughs> LeBron just had him at the Space Jam Two premiere. Like just yeah. awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And it makes me happy, too, that you know, these people are getting the recognition that they deserve because they are two creatives. And though they're, they've gone against the grain a little bit, people like what they're doing. Yeah. And that, that's something that we cannot deny. So, as they say, right, get it however you can. <laughs> get it how you get <laughs> Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, in, in the industry itself, I'm, I'm, you know, me doing what I do, obviously, I'm always looking around and seeing what's going on and who's who's signing with who and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. I mean, these, obviously, these big Hollywood agent, agencies like CAA and ICM Endeavor and all of them are taking notice and are signing these creatives because they know that there's something there mm-hmm. so those are those people who aren't in the industry don't really know what's going you know they don't they don't really pay attention to the agencies and i mean they don't really have any reason to anyway but those of us who are in the business we see what's going on it's like yeah we see we see yeah <laughs> take note so yeah mm-hmm Now for the interview. So again, this is going to be for you listeners who aren't familiar with Ashley, time to learn about what she has going on and everything that she does. And then for the listeners who heard her previously on Sane Show, there's going to be a time for you guys to catch up with her and see what she has going on new uh, now that she's back on the show. So Ashley, I'm going to go ahead and fire off with this first question. The past six years, have had a nice snowball effect on your career with opportunities increasing in both number and quality. Uh, have these opportunities been linked or are they the result of general career inertia? Uh, I'd say it's a mixture of both. Uh, I think in the grand scheme of you know the universe, everything is connected. But 
when it comes to people, I'll say behind the scenes, like for example, in casting, like for casting directors, you kind of build a rapport with them. Well, I'll say I'll talk pre COVID. Like when you go into their office and audition, you know, they see you, I don't know how many times just naturally you, you create a relationship with these people. And when you finally book with them, you know, they kind of become your, your go-tos and, and your, your advocate to the directors, producers, or whoever that you're auditioning for. But I think at the same time, you know, not every single job is connected. Like I'm, it's not like I'm, I meet one person on one job and that's how I get my next one. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. As many auditions as I've, you know, as many no's as I've heard, you know, there's, there's always going to be that yes. So I say that career inertia kind of falls in line with like the probability of, of booking something with numbers, like a numbers game. I agree. Your career now includes both representation and a publicist. Was there anything about the process that was jarring or surprising to you as you entered into it? What's a common misconception people have about finding and having representation? <laughs> okay, so mine, uh, okay, I, I say this, not every actor, I'll, I know I'll speak for actors, not every actor's journey is the same. So the way I got my current agent isn't the same way that somebody else is going to get theirs. So I, so when I first booked that The Crucible on Broadway, I was with a boutique agency and they decided to close down while I was doing the show and just go into management. But at the time I didn't need a manager. And so I just, I parted ways with them. So what I did was like, I emailed, I had a list of like these big agencies that I wanted to meet with. And I just sent off an email to them and I said, Hey, my reps actually just went into management, not looking for a manager right now. Would you be interested in coming to see the show? and then go for a meeting or whatever. And so that's how I got my current agent was sending off an email. But I know that's not always the case for people like, because at the end of the day, like you hear from these agencies, don't email us, don't do drop offs or whatever. But I always encourage people to aim high for the representation that you do want, because you never know, like I have like this abundance attitude. So I feel like you know, the world, the universe, God, what have you, is going to try to work in your favor. And, but I do know that some of these big agencies, like you've, like you've listed, like ICM, CAA, like these big people, uh, a lot of them, you, they, like, they reach out to you, like you don't reach out to them. I didn't know that coming into this. I was just like, well, why can't I have them? And then it, <laughs> someone right. sat me down and said, Ashley, well, honey, um, you have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, they sat me down and told me what was up. But, but like you said, with some of these TikTok stars and stuff like that, like they, these big agencies reached out to those people and asked, mm -hmm. you know, them like to represent those people. But again, you, you, I always tell people like, reach out because you never know some, because some of these new agents, like people who start in like the mail room and they, you know, when they progress and become new agents, they're looking for new clients and they're looking to build their roster, you know, with new talent and people that they do want to work with, you know, at least for a, a longer time, you know? Right. That's true. It's very true. You've worked in both film and TV and Broadway at the same time when calls for representation have never been higher. As an actress, where have you seen the most positive strides and where are areas these industries can continue to improve? 
Mm. Okay, well, fun fact, all of the new plays on Broadway this coming season are from Black artists, which is very new. And that's never been done before. So I think for theater, that's that's fantastic. That's It's definitely a start from, I mean, I remember like last year, uh, there was like a thing on, well, not just on Instagram, but they kind of called out not only just Broadway, but like theater in general about the lack of representation. So the fact that that's even happening a year later, I think, you know, with Broadway picking back up and theater in general, I think that's exciting. But as an actor, I think with television and film, I mean, I mean, I can continue to add theater in here as well. I think we're definitely starting to see more positive change. But at the same time, when you kind of look at the numbers and not just the faces, I think the true diversity and not just I'm not talking about just ethnically, but like all around is still kind of lacking. There are a lot of firsts still happening, which is which is fine. But I think in 2021, almost at 2022, still having firsts of a specific ethnic background or sexual orientation or other marginalized people, I, I think it's still kind of sad. But I'm optimistic. I, I think we're heading in the right direction, even with television behind the behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So, in our discussion before the show, where you forgot to mention Issa Rae, uh, <laughs> you t- <laughs> just messing. You talked about a desire to expand your endeavors beyond acting. What mm-hmm. artistically draws you towards that expansion? And in what ways do you see a lack of formal training in writing and filmmaking as a benefit to your pursuits? Yeah, so I'd say for writing, I'm just into like creating more roles for not only myself, but like for other people. I mean, you've kind of talked about that earlier, like you not not wanting to just do something for yourself, but like help other Mm -hmm. people as well. I think with writing too, like I've always had these scenes in my head. And when I finally put them on paper or like when I started typing them out and just seeing the worlds that I'm creating, it's, it's just so much fun. And just knowing the fact that these will actually go into production and come to fruition, it's mind boggling. And I think, so I'm also interested in like dabbling in music and I like my taste has always been eclectic. I'm really excited to continue to find my voice and like I've been taking vocal lessons and trying to sharpen my instrument. So when I do return to Broadway, I can collect my Tony. You know, when I release my, like an EP, you know, I can collect my Grammy, you know. But again, creating space um, because they're, we're, like the arts, we're all connected in some capacity. So I, I'm just really excited to find what else makes me happy outside of acting. And I mean, I think that's what life is. You know, you explore different things and avenues and find what brings you joy. But for the, you said without formal training in writing? Um, yeah, how does it benefit your pursuits? So I didn't go to school for, for writing per se, but I think for going like getting my formal training in acting, I think it kind of goes hand in hand because when I do get a script, being a writer myself, I feel like I have an extra level of consciousness when, I, when I'm dissecting a script. But you know, there's so many famous writers and directors that never went to school. Like it's so, it's fascinating to figure out or when you find out, like, these people didn't even go to go to school. They just decided to write or they started out being, like, PAs on set. And somebody just said, hey, here's some money. Go make something. Or 
hey, would you like to be an AD, an assistant director on this show? And then that's just, that's kind of how they start. I think that's, that's fascinating. And, but I think too, with our generation, we're kind of, and, and the generations to follow, we're kind of fortunate because we literally have access to anything online. So you can find the curriculum of what these, I don't want to call them cult schools, but like, you know, these big following schools who have like huge alumni networks, like you can find out what they're reading and, and find that online for yourself and read the books and, or watch how to videos on YouTube. And like that, that's access that previous generations didn't really have. And I think that's why we're seeing an influx of people, not only, you know, these, these new social media influencers, but you see so much cool, like so many cool things online. And these people didn't even go to schools and they're just, they're getting their big breaks from these um, outlets. I think filmmaking as a whole too, it's, it's very inclusive but like we all have phones now. Like everybody has a phone with video options. And you like literally an Oscar nominee. I think what was it? The Florida Project, an Oscar nominated, or did they win? They might, I think they won an Oscar or they were nominated. Was shot on an iPhone. Like there's so many opportunities just to create. So I I, I don't think everyone needs formal training. I think it's great when you want like alumni networks and you know just networking in general, but you don't need it. And my last question to you, people think acting as a career that died during quarantine and much of the pandemic. What was the reality for you as an actress during COVID? Man, please. I don't know who those people were because <laughs> everyone I knew was watching TV and movies at home or was still on set working throughout the pandemic. Like yeah. I was working last year on Cruel Summer, but, um, I can say that there's definitely been a shift in auditioning, like since we we can't really or couldn't go into the audition room, everything had to be sent via self tape. So that includes like literally every audition, callback, test. I had the most. You know what's fun fact? I had the most callbacks and tests, screen screen tests this past year alone than I'd say in my career thus far, like in a single year. That were all via Zoom. And I don't know if that's just, again, like the inertia, you know, the, that we talked about earlier or because mm-hmm. like, I, I just don't know. I, I think it's positive. Like I, there are positives to the industry as a result. I mean, uh, for me, I'm going to sound like a loner and I don't mean to come off this way, but like, I like eating alone in my trailer, like for lunch. Like I like the alone time that I've, that I've been able to have usually on set for lunchtime you'd go out and they'd have like catering and you and you go get your food and then you just sit at these random tables but having the food just come to you and you can just chill in your trailer i've i've really enjoyed that and i mean even going back to you know the audition process i'd say another positive is well i still prefer auditioning in the room but i think it's been really nice to do a lot of takes for these self tapes and then choosing the best one that I'd like to send off. And, and since like last year, I like, I I was home with my mom during the majority of the pandemic. Well, I guess we're technically, we're still in the pandemic, but like I was at home. And so she would help be my reader. And the last three things that I've booked, she, she was my reader for it. So it's, it's actually been a fun process to like bond with her while doing that too. So I mean, I, I mean, it also, I guess, 
kind of gives a hand or I can understand like where I get some of my acting juice from, from her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is awesome. That's really (laughs) awesome. Thank you, Ashley, for coming back on Saint Show. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm so excited. Uh, We were able to make this happen once again. For Uh, sure. (laughs) You know, the door is always open for you. So we'll definitely (laughs) have to have you back on in the future. (laughs) And thank you. So thank you again. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Be sure to check out Ashley. Uh, You can find, you can look her up on IMDb if you want to. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) So she's not hard to find. (laughs) Um, So check her, check her out, check out her work. And thank you guys for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and listen to Sane Show. Remember, you are listening to Sane Show, show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.